Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. Wealth is more than just money, where you will hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to become financially free, generate wealth, and legacy wealth. If you want to discover how to enhance your money mindset through strategies, tools, and techniques, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, Paul Lawrence Van, is a financial coach, two-time number one international best-selling author, course creator, and he has been assisting clients to enhance their understanding of money management to become debt-free, discover ways to build wealth, and to generate legacy wealth for over 18 years. Will you be next? Here is your host, Paul Lawrence Good day, Van. good day, everyone. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van. I'm honored to be with you today on this President's Day. We have a remarkable guest on. Her name is Sybil Ackerman Munson. I want to welcome her at this time, and we'll go right into her bio on this exciting interview. Sybil, how are you today, my friend? Thank you for having me on the show. I'm doing great. And it's so funny because since it's a vacation day, I don't even have any makeup on. I'm completely like mellow and relaxed and excited to talk to you and your audience. <laughs> I, I broke my hair today. <laughs> oh, I know. Totally. <laughs> Thank you for that. We're going to have some fun, by the way. Now, let me go over Sybil's background. She's very amazing. She's done great things, and you're going to learn more about it as we go through this interview. But she's president of Do Your Good LLC. This philanthropic professional has over 20 years of experience working with donors to provide best funding practices that help them to avoid those costly mistakes while making a positive difference in their community. She has helped donors give away $45 million. That's a lot of money, Sybil. <laughs> both large and small donations to offer step-by-step -step guides through online courses and amazing podcasts and other resources. And she's a graduate of Yale University. She earned a JD from Lewis and Clark Law School and a master's degree from Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies. And she has a BS from Scripps. So she's covered all the bases. Uh, we know that she, she operates from a position of excellence. And today we're going to have a great time with it. Our focus today is going to be on how to guide donations towards uh, initiatives that you are passionate about. So Sybil, who and or what inspired you to get involved in philanthropy? Because again, it's a very unique space and one that's so important, especially nowadays with this pandemic. Oh, thank you for asking the question, Paul. I, I, um, I actually was in the nonprofit world. I worked for many, many years as a nonprofit person, um, really in the field, working as a grassroots community organizer and doing a whole bunch of stuff like that. And I actually sort of backed into my role as a person who's a philanthropist working for funders. I now, um, in, my, in my job, I work one-on-one -on -one with clients who uh -huh. give money away. So I help as an intermediary where I work with nonprofits and I actually process proposals over 200 a year and connect them up with these philanthropists who want to give money to those nonprofits. And the way I sort of backed into this career is I was a nonprofit professional and one of the donors who funded the work I did and who served actually as a mentor to me when I was in, in the nonprofit world, he asked if I wanted to run his foundation. I said, yes, definitely. And I had no idea what I was doing though. I was like, how hard could it be to give money away effectively? Oh, it's actually really hard. <laughs> It's the best time to do it when you don't know. <laughs> exactly. I, I, a lot of times in my life, I sort of end up jumping and then jumping really high and going, 
wait a minute, I'm sort of jumping a little high. I could crash and burn here. <laughs> but luckily, it worked out great. And um, over the years, then I've had more and more families and more and more folks ask me to help them uh, with their giving strategies. And so now it's been many, many, many years, over a decade, where I work with, I have my own business, like you said, and I work with mm -hmm. many different families. But I also decided that I was accumulating all this information. I mean, I sit in on tons and tons and tons of trustee meetings. Like I uh -huh. said before, I get pitched by nonprofits every single day. I feel like it's my responsibility to also talk about these experiences in a way that maybe can help more people than just my clients and just the nonprofits that I'm working with. And so that's yeah. why I started this whole arm of my business called Do Your Good, where I do podcasts and created mini courses. And I want uh -huh. to talk on shows like yours to just talk about how can both nonprofits be more effective at honing their pitch, but also talking to folks who want to include giving strategies mm -hmm. in their overall portfolio. So, uh -huh. and really give well and give with purpose because I've seen too many folks actually waste money, leave money on the table, cause nonprofits yeah. to spend more time trying to chase after that dollar than actually do good works on the ground. And so I'm hoping we can talk today about really good strategies for folks who want to give money effectively and mm -hmm. have it as part of their giving plan and do it in a way that's really productive, both for them and the nonprofits in the world. Well, that makes a, a tremendous difference. And again, as you stated, that when it gets down to a lot of the nonprofits or some of the other philanthropic organizations, and they leave that money on the table, uh, a lot of times that's due to a lack of knowledge. They really don't know how to do it. And so they bring you in. So let's talk yeah. a bit more about Do Your Good LLC. What is the vision and the mission for your organization so we can give people more clarity on that as well? Yeah, my, my vision and my mission is first and mm -hmm. foremost to support people who want to give money to nonprofits to do it effectively. And yes. the reason that I feel like it's not easy to give money away effectively is because I have so many years of experience watching this happen. Like I've said before, I really see times where people have ended up causing the nonprofits to spend more time just trying to track down that money than actually doing the good work. So it doesn't actually end up helping. And so exactly. what I want to do with Do Your Good is help you as a donor both make both make sure that your your giving strategy is something you care about so you'll do it year after year and also fund in a way and give your donations in a way that is the best for the nonprofit and i have a whole bunch of stuff i hope we can talk about a little bit more sure. now that's the purpose of do your good is to help donors oh. give effectively now the thing that's funny paul is uh -huh. as i created this business this part of my business i realized that a lot of nonprofits started calling me up <laughs> and 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 dm <laughs> me on Instagram and everything. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, Sybil, so can you talk to us a little bit too about how we can hone our pitch? And so I also started this another arm of Do Your Good, uh -huh. which is all about sort of creating mini courses and giving resources to nonprofits to help them hone their pitch. And so I have a course called Be Real specifically for uh, nonprofits. But oh, like I said it. before, though, I'm really leaning in also to supporting donors and helping them give money effectively. So let's talk about that more. Happy to give you some of my tips and tricks, but we okay. also just can talk about anything you'd like, Paul. I'm all yours okay. for the for the hour oh. here, or however long we oh. have. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> when I say the word crack the code, what should viewers and listeners understand about this pertaining to one's uh, favorite charities and issue passionate? Because it's such a passionate thing to be a funder, to be a recipient of it, 
and doing the right thing for the greater good of the community. Well, so the first thing I want to say about, you know, cracking the code to really good philanthropy is Uh the very, very first thing to do is to make sure that you sit and have a conversation with yourself and with anybody else that you want to share your giving strategy with and really take the time before you just start handing out any kind of any size of check that you want to give to the to the nonprofits really mm-hmm. sit with yourself and think about what it is that you want to give to not mm-hmm. what you think other people think you should be giving to not what you think are the big heady issues that like if okay. you're going to give to that issue then that'll make you important or something like that be honest with yourself about what it is you care about And I'm also really interested in having you think about this in the context of if you start giving to certain nonprofits, it's also that you're building a community. So you're building your own community in terms of where you're giving. And that means that that it's really important that it's not just sort of arm's length. And that's why it's also critical that you think about who you are first before you then do a really important giving strategy. And you can make a difference no matter how much money you have to give away, as long as you work it into your budget. So we should talk about that too. So the first thing that I talk about in a lot of my courses and everything else is how are you going to sit with yourself and think about what you want to give to? And so I have four, yeah, exactly. So I have four Mm -hmm. things that you want to think about really carefully first before you embark on your giving strategy. One. This, you're going to be, you're going to laugh at me because it seems so obvious, but I have to yeah. tell you with the people I work with, they don't do this first. Okay. <laughs> they think, what? what's the big heady thing, the big I'm issue that I should here. be doing? Yeah. And no matter what you want to do, there's a uh-huh. do good cause that you can fund. So just yeah. get over yourself. You're not that important to have to like uh-huh. always work on what you think other people think is important. Anyway. Okay. So now everybody's gotten over themselves. <laughs> there's four things that I would love you to sit down with and think about if you want to do a giving strategy that's really true to your heart. The okay. first thing is, what do you do every single day? What's your daily routine like? Lifestyle. That's super important. Yes. Because in your daily routine, whatever that is, that's what you're thinking about and noticing and being part of every day. So write yes. that down, write down uh, your daily routine. Daily habits. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Then the second thing is what's your hobby? What are your hobby or hobbies? Okay. Yes. Write that down. I suggest writing it down and think, yes. write it down your hobby. That's always important to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the third thing is, what are your favorite things to do that really give you joy? It might be something you do every day. It sure. might be your hobby, but there also might be like every year you go to a special retreat yeah. or something like that. That's really important. So I'd want to be sure you write that down too. Uh-huh. Very okay, important. So the, yeah. And you've written all those things down. Then mm-hmm. the fourth thing is what's the thing that keeps you up at night? Right. What's the thing that worries you? What are the things? And again, no judgment, whatever it is, right? And write that down. With those four things, if you've written all those down, what will happen is there's going to be a lot there. Most likely most people are very diverse, interesting people. They've most of you all have lots of different things and it's okay. That's, this is the time to actually feel a little bit overwhelmed with all your stuff, right? Absolutely. All these things that you do. And I actually had a, have a little mini course that I do on this and I do the, do this challenge on myself. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I do so many things. Ah! <laughs> so, um, but then what you'll find 
when you do this is you will see some through lines uh-huh. between all of those things. So for me, as an example, I wrote all the different things I do every day, the hobbies, all these different things. And uh-huh. I noticed that for me, it was family that I was really focused in on because I have three uh-huh. stepkids and a son and uh-huh. they're young and we they, they actually, they are young, they're just going into college. Like it's a lot going on oh, there. Yeah, you know, I, I, and, have two, I have two teens. <laughs> okay, so you totally know. Twelfth grader and a ninth grader. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, we got to talk more about this. <laughs> but you can see how it takes up a lot of your energy of and your time. thought. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're driving them to school, or you're walking them uh, to school. Activities. Yeah. Activities. Everything. So I started realizing that was something that was part of my life. And then I also realized that in thinking about my kids, I was worrying a lot Uh about climate change because it was what was keeping me up at night, actually, because it Uh was it was about the change in the world that our kids are going to see. And what does that mean? It's going to be tough. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what I realized with my exercise is that with family and with this is the issue that was keeping me up at night, I ended up doing a donation to an organization that works with young with kids on uh-huh. climate change. But it can be any issue that you care about. And the other reason that it's good to hone in on these things is that mm-hmm. a lot of times if you're focusing in on the issue you want to give to that has to do with the thing you do every day, what you care about, Chances uh-huh. are there'll be friends and family and coworkers who will also be care about this. So you can share stories, you can think about things together, and uh-huh. you might even be able to give donations together. So that's one example of where if you don't have a ton, a ton of money to give away, but you want to give a little bit away, that's great. Maybe sure. you can partner with your friends or family or coworkers and do a uh-huh. joint giving strategy to a nonprofit you care about. Yes. So that's the first thing. That's very holistic. Yeah. 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 A lot of times people. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, because a lot of times with our finances, we end up being very secretive and very alone in our finances. The giving can be part of a community conversation in a way that I think a lot of times our regular day to day budgeting and everything else is very solo. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. People don't like to talk about money. A lot of families don't like to talk about money, but as you stated, as a from the standpoint of being a giver and, and funders of projects in the community, it really makes a tremendous difference. Totally. And like you said, there's, there's no ego involved as you know you're making a difference. For me, I, I ended up uh, being the PTA president at my children's school. And you talk about work and raising money. Oh, my God. <laughs> we did 25000 oh, in the first year. I was the board president and 25000 the next year. Yeah, I love that example, Paul. This is exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. You're, yeah. you're giving with, with time and I'm sure uh-huh. money as well, and right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you have yeah. community and your community yeah. you're with is also giving time and money. And That's it's, see, true. giving is a holistic conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah so, so that's the first piece. And the, then the other piece I wanted to talk about is, um, you know, yeah. there, once you know what you want to give to and you're sort of focused and you have your community, uh-huh. there's the other sort of hurdle that I see with, um, with folks when they've, they've decided what they want to do, they can quickly get overwhelmed though still, and then not end up giving if they feel like they 
they have ideas of what they want to do, but they can't find the right nonprofits to give to. Uh And they start feeling like they're not able to access the issue in the right way. And so I created some courses and, and, and other my podcast talks about this too a lot. So let's talk about this if that's okay as the next step. Once you know what you want to give to, how do you do it in a way that actually still makes you feel empowered? You want to talk about that? Yes, yes, we can do that. Okay, cool. And then after that, we'll get into some of the strategies that you recommend for smaller family um, foundations, et cetera. Yes, yes, I'd love to do that. Um, So there's a few key things to think about when you you know what you want to give to, but Uh it really matters how you Mm -hmm. approach your giving strategy. So let's say that the thing you decide that you care about giving to is actually an issue that you think is really rough, tough, that, that like a major sure. societal issue needs to change uh-huh. in order to really make it work. So you're, this is what really can hook, get people all bungled up because they're like, well, I'm going to fund this and this nonprofit to deal with, let's say, houselessness yeah. or climate change. Yes. So they do a couple donations to those nonprofits and they don't really see any change in houselessness or climate change. Exactly. And they're like, oh, I feel overwhelmed. I'm not going to fund that. So here's my strategy to, to keep that from happening to you. If you care very much about a major issue that you think needs to change, when you talk to the nonprofit about your donation, uh-huh. ask them or email them. Sure. What is the particular project within this next year that you're working on to help move the needle on a big issue like houselessness or climate change? That nonprofit will be able to tell you that because they also are, you know, know it's a big issue, but they'll be able to say, here's the specific thing that we're doing that will be able to get us at least on track towards that change. And so at the end of the year, you can talk to them about that project. It's sort of like, right. let's say let's say your house is super, super messy and uh-huh. you have like 15 million closets that are messy <laughs> and you're like, this is a huge project. And what you uh-huh. tell yourself is, well, let me just start with one corner of the house and clean wow. that corner. Uh-huh. And then all probably- of a sudden... Yeah. yeah. So, so that you still start with something and it's sort of the same thing with a big, messy, challenging issue. Sure. There's still amazing nonprofits taking key pieces of it and doing great things and making great progress. And so be sure that if you care about that issue, you are talking to the nonprofit about those pieces. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've worked with a number of nonprofits myself over the years. Uh, when I worked on Capitol Hill, uh, the member of Congress I worked for, we had a funding and, and, and grant-based individual in the office. So I learned a lot from her about this, you know, giving it back to the community in which uh, the member served. So um, when we look at uh, the pandemic and the impact that it's had, I know it had a lot of impacts on nonprofits and also the funding. Can you share just a little bit about that in terms of how it's going now in regards to the pandemic in some ways it kind of coming to a, a shift and, and how it impacted nonprofits and the communities they serve? Exactly. Okay, so right when the pandemic hit in the beginning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was very stressful. This is my observation. 
Okay, sure. Paul. So sure. this is yeah. from talking to all these different folks. Exactly. Um, in the very beginning, when the when the pandemic hit, uh-huh. oh my gosh, the nonprofits were really stressed. People were they were yeah. contracting their their the, business model. So the give was coming in a little bit less in all likelihood. It yeah, and and donors were sort of contracting as well, but the nonprofits were proactively contracting because they didn't know exactly what things were going to look like in the future. The other thing that was really hard is a lot of nonprofits depend on the in-person annual fundraiser, um, like big dinners, and they were realizing that they couldn't do that anymore and didn't have the experience yet to run those kind of thing, those kind of fundraisers online. So I spent a lot of time talking to the grantees of my clients um, and did special conversations with them about how, Mm -hmm. what they might need and where they were going. Um, And that was in the very, very beginning of the pandemic. Then though, it was really interesting because with the PPP loans that came through, that was extraordinarily important to the nonprofit community. Without a doubt, without a doubt. It mattered. It really, really mattered yeah. yes Help sustain them. yes because in the beginning a lot of the nonprofits you could really tell which ones were healthier or not because the ones that had good reserve funds could last uh-huh. a little while even though they still contracted and they weren't doing any extra hiring but yeah. then that ppp loan that those ppp loans were critical uh-huh. because usually folks folks aren't expecting a rainy day for two years. <laughs> so yeah, a long time. A, <laughs> but it was a beautiful combination of things because the PPP loan was very helpful. And uh-huh. then the markets started going crazy in yeah. a good way, in a good way for the markets. True. And so that actually strangely meant, even though we're still in this very challenging time, yeah. it still meant that folks who were from, who were able to give, they were able to give more away. So at the end of last year, a lot of my clients were saying, how much, you know, are there any additional grants we can give? How much more can we give? And so by the end of last year, a lot of the folks, the, the nonprofits were doing pretty well with their donation strategy. And since they had been more conservative with their hiring and other things during the pandemic, they mm-hmm. were actually in a pretty good place. This isn't true for everybody, but I found it very, very interesting. It's a different story than I thought I was going to tell you, Paul, at the end of the pandemic. Definitely. It it is really a tremendous thing. Again, it's not something anyone expected would happen, but it did happen. But I think overall, people made a very good adjustment. I mean, this is the first time we've been through it. Uh, You know, in our generation, previous generation, they did it. But now it's totally different. We have these computers. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And, and, so and the other, yeah, yeah. And the other, the other thing that I saw that was really interesting during the pandemic is uh-huh. some of the folks who supported not some of the donors who supported certain nonprofits, they actually leaned in even more because they were worried okay. about those nonprofits and wanted to help. Absolutely. Them. Yes. Yeah. So it was, a, yes. it was actually this very interesting journey with so yeah. many folks. And it continues to unfold. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's talk a little bit about the $45 million. And so what are some of the various uh, organizations that you help with the funding? I know there were some small families, uh, nonprofits, some philanthropic uh, organizations out there who um, also were part of the process. But what has been the mix for you over the years? Thanks for asking that. that. So, yes, so I actually work with... um, with families who give small and medium-sized 
grants, which to me are still okay. really substantial grants, right? So this is like, oh, for, sure. for yeah, they really matter to community organizations. Um, exactly. So that number, I sort of sat back and I added up the different grants and other things that I worked with, and it came hmm. up to that number, but it came up to that number from doing grants for anywhere from $5,000 to $50,000 to $100,000. But usually exactly. the kind of size of grants I work with, with the families I work with, are anywhere from ten dollars to $20,000 to $30,000 per grant. And that can and make that, a lot of difference. It makes a lot of difference in local yeah. communities Absolutely. with grassroots community organizations. Right. So those are the kind of, that's really where my niche is and my expertise is in supporting those small and medium sized nonprofits in local communities with mm. medium sized family foundations who can really support that work. Yeah, um, absolutely. And in doing that, I also have seen and feel really strongly that donations from individuals, <laughs> anywhere from $100, $10, $100, $500, that can really matter too. It really depends on scale. The more local you get, the more the more bang for you buck you get in terms of exactly. the kind of donations you give. And then yeah. also the more local you get, the more connected you are with that community too. For sure, for sure. And then we also see some funding come in from people who have it in their will yes. or in their estate plan. Are some people contribute money to, let's say, a library, a hospital, yes. and then we we're seeing uh, the most challenges coming people for food. Uh, people to, people need to be fed. Housing is another big area in which people are impacted, and then we get to the education aspect. You know, helping making a difference with uh, children who really can't afford to go to school. So we have the food deserts and things such as that. So what are some of the other uh, areas which you are seeing from your own personal experience in regards to uh, uh, different issues that are taking place surrounding philanthropy? Well, um, if we're talking about, um, in general, the philanthropic yeah. trends, um, sure. what, and then we can talk about issues too. You oh. Let me know anything you'd like, Paul. But, but okay. I am seeing more and more donors collaborating together. They're sort of either creating formal networks of collaboration around particular issues they care about, sure. or they're more informally having conversations. And I've sort of, I've helped um, philanthropists think through issues and help them with the next steps on this. One example is I'm working with a group of folks who are starting a philanthropic collaborative called Renewal Philanthropy. Okay. And Renewal Philanthropy is all about supporting survivor-driven change. Yes. And, it and these funders are interested in funding nonprofits all around the world who are okay. helping people uh -huh. really come back after they've been in a very challenging situation, like a kid, kids who have been in slavery or in any right. other situations really hard. Right. But then these donors want to support nonprofits that are really helping these kids through all of their stages of life to sure. become strong advocates in the future for social justice. Uh -huh. So, um, but it's these funders, these donors felt they were doing great work on their own, but they felt sort of like they wanted to connect more, more. together. And, exactly. um, and this is not the only group that wants to do this. So if you're a donor and someone who's thinking about 
philanthropy or yeah. giving giving money, not only can you reach out reach out to your community if you've done your work right to figure out what you want to do, uh-huh. you can also reach out to other donors and other funders. They'd welcome you with open arms. Sure. I find some of the most productive conversations with folks um, really being linked to conversations with other donors and other funders who are trying to think through the same things you are with that yeah. kind of work. And that makes sense because when we look at the pandemic in and of itself, it had people divided, separated space because of you know getting infections and, and not having a vaccine at the time. But now we're seeing that open up a lot more. Uh, and right. so people are having even more conversations surrounding this. So um, one of the things, um, how can people make an even greater impact at this point, um, given year 2022 going forward, how can people make an even greater impact with their donations that they make and, and the investment that they make in the nonprofits in philanthropy? So, gosh, I love I love the question, and it's, you can go so many directions with it. <laughs> I'm going to pick so, one. <laughs> okay. You're one your way, yes, uh-huh. one way as a donor that you can uh-huh. make a greater impact is you can, well, overall, the first and most important thing is listen. Listen yes. to the nonprofit. Listen uh-huh. first. So that's so important. So hear what the nonprofit is saying. And I'm saying that because I'm about to tell you something that would be really good to do. But before you do anything, listen to what the nonprofit says is the most important thing. However, in my experience, one area where I think you as a donor could be really effective and helpful in the nonprofit space is Uh to support nonprofits in their transition to expanding their message through social media and technology. And it's it's really interesting journey that I see in the nonprofit space because we have things have gone so quickly in the way people communicate over social media and Uh through like this podcast, for example, and nonprofits, they don't have the ability to keep up with that piece. And what I see is a real transition in the way people are giving money away. It used to be a lot more a lot more of a conversation around foundations and grant reporting, all that kind of thing. Uh Nowadays, more and more donors are interested and probably a lot of your listeners interested in giving directly to the nonprofit and not having a whole lot of red tape. And if you care about your nonprofit that you're not yours, but the nonprofit that you're funding, Uh you know, an area where you could support them if you wanted to focus in a place would be Uh around helping them reach more people like you as a donor through social media and marketing. And, yeah, um, and there's so outreach. many, sorry, Paul, what are you going to say? Yeah. More outreach. Yes. And there's yeah. so many great trainings and other things that aren't too costly, um, that, that, a that a nonprofit could go through for, for, to help them in uh-huh. this area and in this space, because there's a lot of good money to be made through that space. And then mm-hmm. you, that also allows you, you as a donor to leverage your dollars. Um, yes to be able to support a nonprofit to raise more money through your money is always a good thing. But again, I'm hesitating because I also think the most important thing is to listen to the nonprofit you care about and hear about from them what they say their most important needs are. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about your podcast. I want to learn more about that. Let the listeners learn more about it so they can uh, get out there and subscribe and listen to what you're doing. Oh, Paul, thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, I, I have a podcast. It's called 
you just you can look it's streaming on every channel you can think of and you just uh -huh. type in do your good yes. or my full name sybil ackerman munson and i yes. have a podcast every single week and it's focused uh -huh. on talking with philanthropists and and or just thinking through key strategies for how you can be the best donor you can be and support the nonprofits in the best way you can be. So that's my, that's my podcast. And then I also created on www.doyourgood.com, which is my website. I created a whole bunch of mini courses for donors. Yay. And yeah, and it helps you figure out what kind of donor you are. It helps you make sure that you, I have actual tips and strategies for how to listen well to nonprofits. I have tips and strategies for how to fund collaborations and also how to work with other donors through collaborations uh -huh. and how to fund nonprofits that are collaborating. And mm -hmm. I talk about sort of some of the questions on how to fund, uh, whether the difference between a general support grant and a project okay. donation. So a whole bunch of things I unpack and they're all in little teeny short mini courses so that you don't have to do it all. I also, exactly. I, I dissect budgets so that you can like look at what's most important. And exactly. then on the nonprofit side, I created a, a bunch of mini courses also for nonprofits to help them hone their pitch and exactly. do the best they can. So, um, yeah, you know, that's really one fun. of the areas I looked at because I, I was helping people get set up as a uh, nonprofit 501c3. Oh, and good. when it got to the budget standpoint, they would ask, give us your three-year projection, for example. So I helped the high school with, well, the actually elementary school becoming a nonprofit where my children attended school. And, and so um, one of the things that we got to the budget and people just froze up. But see, I, I have a budget background, you know, over 20 years. And so I, I knew pretty much what to do. But people really get hung up on that. I, I, Paul, this is, this is, and first of all, I just love that you're living the recommendation I made to focus yeah. in on the thing you care about. And then I also just created some budget templates for nonprofits oh, yes. so that they can think about how do they put together a budget that'll really, um, do well with a donor yeah. because it, I, I've to, seen so many different kinds, you know, yeah, that haven't they have worked. To file every year. Yeah. yeah, they think, well, we're nonprofit, we can't make any money. Well, you can make it, but it has to go towards the good, as you yeah. mentioned. And so you still have to file so the federal government knows exactly what's taking place. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there's a part. lot of rules. There's a lot of a rules. A lot of rules. It. Exactly. And, and I think part of what I researched about you, you always talk about making sure everything is legal, the law aspect of it. If you can share a bit about the law aspect of it so people can stay on track and not wonder and make it more of a personal uh, account for themselves, but more so uh, for the nonprofit. In sure, Paul, and I'm not a licensed attorney, so I always sure. you need to say that right. as That's a thing. But say. but I do I will I what I do is I can look I look at red flags and things to think about, but then I always sure. rely on an attorney for final advice. Exactly. And I do have a special mini course um, mm -hmm. laying out some of the the four key things. I like another number four, I think, um, yeah. to think That's my about. Lucky <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, I was born on the fourth. <laughs> oh, you were cool. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I I have a little mini course on this, and what uh -huh. what's really important now, if you're if you're if you're a donor and you want a tax deduction in the United yeah. States, now this is yeah. the big thing. It's really a tax question, right? Correct. So, right. if you don't care about a tax deduction, then you don't really have to worry as much about it. You're just giving your money to an organization. But if you want exactly. a tax deduction, 
then you yeah. do have to think carefully about a few key things. And yeah. let me bring up a few of them. There's a lot of things to think about, but I want to bring up the highlights. Okay. The first thing is you need to be sure that you read the small print when you give a donation if you want it to be tax deductible. And make sure that that organization says they're a C3. Three. A C3 is a kind of status that the IRS designates mm -hmm. if the organization is what's called a public charity. Correct. And if it's a public charity, then it can get tax deductible donations. Uh -huh. You'd be surprised because sometimes you'll say, I love this group and it'll feel and look like a C3 nonprofit, right. but it's actually a for-profit or exactly. it might be a different designation in that C category, like a C something else. Or something. Like a C, a C4 is more, in, and you can't get deductions from a C4. Exactly. So you got to be thoughtful about the actual status. There's other statuses that you can get tax deductions for beyond C3, but I don't want to geek out too much in the weeds on you with you for that. <laughs> but that's yeah. one thing that's really important if you want a tax deduction. And okay. the reason is, and I talk about this in my mini course with like lots of graphics and stuff, but if you uh -huh. think back on it and you were in Congress, so you know, oh, yeah. the reason is Congress, when they were, when they said, okay, certain folks, who are giving to nonprofits, they don't have to pay taxes. The real reason, in my opinion, because I'm a geek and I read the legislative history on this, uh -huh. the real reason, as I read it, is Congress was like, well, you know, we're doing all these good works with the tax money we're getting, but sure. we can't possibly cover everything. And nonprofits uh -huh. are amazing doing good work in the field. And so if you, person who has extra wealth, wants to give okay. to these nonprofits to do good works, we're not going to tax you for that because it's something that we would have loved to have paid for through taxes, but we can't. Exactly. So that's like why though they go, but if the group you care about is actually like trying to get people elected to office in Congress, you can't pay for that because that's not all about helping do good works. We couldn't fund or we would love you to keep funding. That's all about you then trying to get people in Congress to then decide where the federal money is going to go influence <laughs> that's no no right exactly. so that's that's like the big picture thing to think about and okay. um and then there's and then there's also like micro conversations around that where if you want to give if you love the organization just in general sure. then uh -huh. you give like a general support donation sure. then that's end of story your tax yeah. if it's a c3 tax deduction you're great but if you really are caring about a particular issue and you're giving mm -hmm. a donation that's sort of through a foundation or something like that, and yeah. it's a project grant, you need uh -huh. to be, you have extra steps to take to make sure that you're not funding any of the lobbying portion, any portion where exactly. you're trying, the nonprofit might be trying to influence laws. So there's a whole uh -huh. bunch of stuff there. And again, I get into that even more in my mini courses, um, yeah. specifically on that issue. And then yeah. if you have a if you decide if you have well enough wealth where you want to actually create a private family foundation, uh -huh. there's additional rules there because when Congress said, okay, you can create a foundation, you get a tax deduct tax benefit from that. Uh -huh. Congress says, well, you get a tax benefit from that, but we're going to make sure that then you're not wielding too much influence over the nonprofit itself. So Absolutely. you can't like be owning that, that nonprofit. You can't be like 
giving them so much of their budget that they just have to listen to everything you say. Exactly. And you also can't be doing conflict of interest kind of things where you're trying to do right. quid pro quo, that kind of stuff. All these yeah. things make obvious sense, but, oh, yeah. but they are real rules. Like if and you have they, that they private family every day <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> I know it's so it's, and I actually deeply believe in the ideals of what mm -hmm. Congress is trying to do with these boundaries yeah. really deeply believe in those. I actually yeah. just published a pod, my podcast, um, this week where mm -hmm. I had a most challenging experience in my own career where it was testing that question oh. of, of all these things. And I decided to talk about it in my podcast because it's, uh -huh. it's a, these are really important things. And I, uh -huh. I want to do good in the world and support communities. And I am not ego driven at all on this stuff. Uh -huh. And I think most people who want to give money to good nonprofits sure. feel the same way. Oh, and, sure. um, yeah, it's it's a but it's when you have money, you have a little bit of power here in the dynamic. More responsibility. Yeah, and you don't want to it mistakenly wield it the wrong way. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, simple. Thank you for that. With our uh, time is coming to a close. Oh no! <laughs> I know we're we're gonna do this again though. I hope so. Yes, we'll do it again. And uh, if you could share any upcoming programs, projects you have coming up. Uh, do you have a book, uh, different things such as that? You can share that with us now. Thank you. Well, I mean, the main thing is my mini courses I'm developing. There, There's a bunch of them online right now, but I'm developing mm -hmm. them more. I'm doing a refresh on my Be Real, and they are evergreen mm -hmm. and on there all the time. So okay. I'm hoping that folks will want to check those out. And then my podcast I'm developing every single week. And so those are the okay. two main things I have going right now. And, um, and so that's what I really hope people will do. You can visit me on Instagram with the hand, sure. the at sign, uh, do your good. And same with Facebook is do okay. your good. So yes. please that's reach out LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn too. <laughs> Yeah, so on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, well, this uh, really makes a tremendous difference. And of course, uh, giving season, uh, a lot of times we have it in the fall, but it's year round. Yep. And so we want to position people so that they can make uh, better decisions and the best decisions that they can po possibly make. And you provide the strategies to help them with this process, which is great. So I really thank you for being our honored guest today. And uh, this is a topic that does require another interview and we'll schedule one for the future as well uh the minute i see something on television or in the media about it i'm going to contact you and we're going to talk about it paul that's great and i i you know for the future i want to talk more about really sure. being being able to figure out if you're a donor what what yes. kind of donor you are one there's yes. three different types of donors yes, I that, that i all that stuff yeah. so yeah, yeah we have lots more videos earlier this morning yay yeah yeah, I looked at it and I, I saw the different criteria that you have, the seven principles, et cetera. Yeah, so absolutely. I, we're definitely going to connect and I'm going to bring you back on again. Uh, our guest is Sybil Ackerman Munson. She's doing great things at Do Your Good LLC. And uh, she's making a tremendous difference, not only for the, the funders and, and uh, philanthropist organizations, but for the communities as well, because that's what they all represent, the greater community. So thank you so much. And I thank all the viewers and all those who are listening in on the archive. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts, episode 192, and you'll see Sybil's interview out there. It's going to be on Spotify, 
Amazon Music. It's going to be on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and uh, Apple Podcasts, of course. And you can go out there and listen to it. So thank you so much, Sybil. And I look forward to interviewing you again. But thank you for all the expertise you shared today and being so giving of your, your talent as well. Thank you so much, Paul. And happy holiday. And I look forward to the next time we're on this to have a more conversation. Have a wonderful day. All right. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. Have a great day, everyone. And Thanks enjoy for listening this to holiday. Wealth Academy Goodbye. Podcast. Please subscribe and rate this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To get you or someone you know assessed for Paul's online financial freedom courses or money coaching, in addition to resources associated with this podcast, email paul at info at paulvanspeaks.com.